0: Hi, my name's Karen O'Connor and welcome to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here today with Patricia Lohan, who is an amazing person, apart from being an amazing person, she's also an amazing feng shui expert as well. I can't tell you how good it is to talk to you, Like it's been a couple of years since we connected. It has been and I'm so excited to chat to you. What happened was Patricia and I met up at a Denise Duffield Thomas event didn't we do you remember that's and right then, Australia yes and then we connected because you did some feng shui work on your house on my house not your well mm-hmm. you did it yours but on my house I want to do two things today because the purpose of this podcast the reason why I'm talking to you is actually twofold one is that I find the fact that you've moved from not so sunny island to really sunny Bali, you've just shifted halfway mm-hmm. around the world. So I do want to talk to you about that and all of that kind of thing on a personal level. But I also want to talk to you obviously about the feng shui. Can you explain a bit about what feng shui is to start can, with and then indeed. we'll take
1: it from there? Yes, of course. feng shui is um, often known as the ancient art of placement, but I actually don't care where your furniture is. <laughs> and I think you can testify <laughs> to that as well, because 99% yeah. of the time feng shui is actually about like acupuncture for your home. Your home is either attracting what you want or repelling it. And if it is repelling it, you will see it in lots and lots of ways in your life, in your bank account, in your yeah. health, in your relationships with your family and The thing is, and what I feel like is like in the personal development world that so many of us are in and we're reading these books about improving ourselves and doing everything. It's kind of like, it's your own fault. It's your fault. This stuff is happening. You need to work harder. You need to do the mindset. You need to do this. And for me, and I'll share how I got into this, was that actually I'm saying to people, what? Like it could actually be your house, <laughs> and ninety-nine percent of the time, someone who finds me, I'm like, it is your house because your house, your life, is pushing you towards to say, there's something, there's a red flag going on here with the energy of your home, and we can work on it very easily to actually improve the improve the flow of what it is you want in your life. Now, this feels and sounds probably so far out for some people, and they're like, what? But honestly, it's just one of these things that works. You don't need to believe in it, and you may have heard lots of things about feng shui being like, keep the toilet seat down and hang this weird frog in this corner of your house and do this. And to be honest, 99% of that is like not true. It's just like, (laughs) that's what really drives me crazy. Most of the time when people come to me, they're very stuck in their lives. There's something going wrong. And they're like, I've tried everything this is my last resort, or I'm going to do the feng shui. Or they've had this kind of like, I've always felt like there's something off with this house since we moved in, this hasn't felt right. And they've done lots of things. And that's where they end up with me. And I'm like, okay, let's do turn on the magic, get things flowing again for you. So that's like my simple way of explaining it. And even if you had no furniture in your house, your house could still be bad feng shui. Even if your house has is interior designed and like the most magnificent mansion in the world, it could still be bad feng shui. And there's many, many, many different factors that kind of can create that feng shui that isn't positive. But to be honest, what I would say to you is, first of all, it goes with creating a positive relationship with your home. That's really interesting what you say because there's so many books like that because I remember looking
0: into feng shui like 15 years, maybe more, probably more ago and buying those little books that are available at the bookstore. And it says, oh, put a plant here and stick six coins there and don't have a mirror facing this way. And, and it just seemed like it was more interior design than mm-hmm.
1: anything else. That was how it landed for me. Yeah. But it, is it that or is it something different? You know what? That is, I feel like it's almost like, how would I describe this? It's like I'm an energy healer for your home. and when we work with the energy of your home it's going to that's going to create like the that's going to change the fundamental core energy shifts and make improve the energy of your house whereas I'm not an interior designer or for example I'm not I'm an energy healer for a person if we work with the energy of your person we're working with the energy of your home I'm not going to give you like fashion advice or hair color advice that's what an interior that's what a hairdresser does or what a fashion stylist does so but an energy that works on the energy and makes you feel better from the inside out that
0: makes so much sense and one of the things i hate about the whole personal development market is it tends to come from a place of there's something wrong with you that you need to fix yeah as opposed to you're already absolutely brilliant and you just need to get rid of stuff that's getting in the way of you experiencing that and you were saying when you talk to people about feng shui Quite often, it's that the energy is not moving around and they're not experiencing great energy from everything. And and it's easy to do that with the house, with changing things in the house.
1: I think that, yeah. Oh, so we were talking about like the different stages of like the you know, people who, who empty nesters, you're kind of getting a bit stuck yeah. you're, What am I going to do? What am I doing with my life? Like looking around. And I always think that a lot of our community in our feng shui program would be from that place. Cause it's like women who have achieved a lot, done a lot. They're looking around going, I want to change something. And it's really easy. Like start with your home. Start with changing the energy of your home. Like that is going to be a beautiful start and it's going to make you feel better. It's going to improve the energy of your house. It's going to make everybody who comes in feel happier and better. And you'll be amazed. And I've seen some miraculous shifts in women who who literally really moved into their more creative side, who started like dressing more feminine as a result of bringing the balancing, balancing energy of their homes rippled into this beautiful flow in their lives.
0: That's so interesting that you say that because I can completely see it happening. I've seen women in your group who've done exactly that, like they seem different a few yeah. months
1: later. <laughs> I know, they look different. they <laughs> yes, do. different things. They're like so <laughs> much more confident. It's just a totally different energy from them. Yeah. And to think that that they could have been at home thinking that there was something wrong with them and they were blocking it. But actually once they started working with the energy of their house, it's like mirrored because when you start working with the energy of your house, it flicks back onto you as well. So it's like this um, symbiotic thing. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It just
0: helps. It just makes you feel without being woo-woo about it. It makes you feel better about yourself because you're Mm -hmm. in an environment That you enjoy being in, as opposed to, for example, we were renovating a house years ago and we had to walk through a building site and and storage and rubbish and all this stuff to get into the house. And I remember after about three or four months of this going mental at John and going, if you don't get that cleared. I'm going to do Mm -hmm. something about it. I will get a bobcat in and do it because I cannot (laughs) do this anymore because it was really stressing me out just having to walk from my car to the house through a mess.
1: Yeah.
0: And it really impacted me and I didn't realise how much better I felt until after it had all
1: gone. And I just, it was like this massive weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. And you were going through like an obstacle course to get into your house. That is going to be creating so much like friction from the minute you get, get to your house. You just get there and you're like, oh, you can't get in. It's not a sense of flow and ease. And obviously, also, if you're coming in that back end, like the actual energy getting to get to your house was really hard. So it was hmm. probably hard, like even being there because energy couldn't get in easily. It was like blocking it. So you just weren't being like supported by your house because yeah. it couldn't get it. couldn't get in. It was like yeah. your house was starving. <laughs>
0: it was. It absolutely was. It was a really interesting experience for me because that was one of the first times I really went, Ah, oh. I mean, I've, I've always known when a house isn't right for me as mm-hmm. soon as I walk in. And I think we all do. You know, when yeah. we are going looking at houses, we get a general vibe about the house. Do I, is this a nice house or not? And you see it if you watch any of those programs on TV where people yeah. walk in and go, oh, it's not the house
1: for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a big question that I often ask clients and uh, when I've looked at houses myself I'm like who lived here before, and why are they moving? That can be a really big indicator. Like the the nice thing about feng shui is that we can work with whatever you have. So no matter what's going on, it's there's always something that you can do to balance it, to remedy it. Like I've never told anyone they need to move house, but it is an indicator. I'm, I'm actually just was chatting to my sister, and she was saying that her friend is going through a divorce, and she was saying to me, "Oh, what?" I was just chatting to her, and she was saying that the people who lived in this house before had had a divorce, and that. End- Energy stays there. Mm-hmm. And for me as a Feng Shui consultant, I'm not gonna ever say, oh, don't move in there, but I'm like, oh my God, we definitely need to get some energy in there supporting like relationships because there's obviously something not supportive of relationships in that house. Can you give me a few examples of when people have changed their house? What's happened? The first one comes to mind is 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 Miriam. Oh no, she wasn't at the event, that, that event. It was at a different event, similarly in Australia. And she actually came to me because her kids weren't coming back to spend time in her house. So she was a bit like, God, I really want like more family time, but the kids are not staying here. They're, they just don't feel called to be here. They were over at her ex-husband's. So she call, we, we worked on the energy of her home. She actually teaches manifesting. So she's all into like energy and alignment. And we go, God, I have everything else in alignment except my house. So we did the work, we put in the remedies, got it all balanced and obviously all good on the family front, the kids started getting on better and everything, but her business doubled the first month and trebled the second month. Wow. so like without even intentionally like setting out to improve her business it it, it it happened so for me this is the nice thing and what I love about feng shui is the fact that it's all-encompassing it's like oftentimes it's women who come to me who want to balance who want to shift their lives they want to see more flow of money like they want to better in, in their relationships or their families or for entrepreneurial women who work from home who want like more media exposure like I have Tanya who every time she put a feng shui remedy in last year, she ended up on TV. So she had, 14 t- she had 14 TV appearances and her husband was just like, oh my God, I cannot like make this stuff up. And that's where the fun also begins with it, because it's not just you who benefits, it's everybody. So when I say it to people who have come on this journey of feng shui, I'm like, this is this is an investment in you and your family and your children and your career and everything, because it's going to ripple effect into everything. So for example, Talmar came, she wanted more visibility in her business. She has a great business and she want more visibility. So the very first thing that happened, we worked on her career area. So we work on all areas, which are her career area. The next day, her son won a scholarship worth $70,000. So his career or his education got a huge burst the minute we worked on her area. Now, it just went to the complete extreme with with Talmar because she literally got featured on a TV show for a a rebrand for her business. So she was on a TV show for like eight episodes with her entire business being like featured and being made visible and rebranded. I was like, I can't make this stuff up. Like it is for me, that's a fun thing. It's like the stories and the success is so like beyond my wildest dreams, which I absolutely adore.
0: How did you get into it? (laughs)
1: <laughs> because this, you're an Irish girl. How
0: did an I, Irish
1: girl... I know, An Irish girl who was like 15. I got my first book about feng shui when I was 15. Now, I just have to also say this. My parents are not into this kind of thing. Like, obviously, I have their house feng shuied. So I go home to Ireland every year. I have it all feng shuied. And mom checks on a few things. I'm like, oh, have you done this? Did you do that? But really, I have no idea. We moved house 22 times growing up. So I know that I always had this connection with homes and... At that age, it was the first time I was gonna be allowed to fully have my own bedroom. And I was so, so excited. I was able to redecorate it and I asked for books about feng shui for Christmas. So that was my first foray into it. And I really just got hooked into it. I was like reading it and studying it. And a bit like most people, I got to this phase where I was like, this is getting too complicated. There's like numbers and years and all this stuff and compasses. And that's where it got, this is too com- too confusing. So I just did the basic things I could around my house. And about three years later, I actually made my parents like remember when the internet went like beep and you had to like listen to the tag thing. (laughs) I found a woman in Ireland who was doing feng shui and I got her to come like my parents. Honestly, they're just the most amazing people and open minded. But when she came down and looked at their business and she was supposed to give, oh, when I think back, I really want to get a refund from her all these years later because I have no idea what she told us. But it was a bit like what I was saying that other stuff that everyone hears out there, the feng shui is. But I made them hire a feng shui consultant. This is how like, passionate I was about this subject, unknowing to me. So obviously I've either done it in a past life or something. In my late twenties, I had, I had actually worked um, for my family for many years. I ran a business with them, with my dad for many, many years. And I left that basically completely burned out, exhausted, like this, not following my soul's path and skipped off to India and became like a yoga teacher and did all this spiritual stuff. I eventually moved back to Dublin with 50 euros, started my business in like holistic practice with yoga and sound healing and all of this. And I was like sleeping in a little single room in my friend's house because I couldn't afford rent, cycling on my other friend's bicycle because I couldn't afford any transport. And basically, like eventually my business started to take off and make a bit of money. And I finally was able to manifest an apartment to live in. And when I moved into this apartment, I'll never forget, I turned around to my new flatmate. I said, I'm not leaving here until I am moving in with my future husband to our home house. And she roared laughing. I can just see her throwing her head back, blonde head, roaring, laughing at me. And I was like, I am deadly serious. So that was the first thing I just the first thing I did was like, this was my apartment. I'm setting this place up for love. This guy is coming in. That's it. So I set it all up for love. I did my bedroom and I did all the kind of like surface stuff that I knew and I researched. And very soon afterwards, I actually met my husband, Ken. Now it does get a bit better and a bit crazier because when I got to Ken's house after Manny, after a while of dating, he brings we go for walks in the countryside and he's like, Oh, come for tea to my house. And he's built this beautiful house in the countryside. And I'm walking around and I'm like, He has feng shuied this place. He's feng shuied this. And the bedroom was all set up for love. And I was like, He's feng shuied this. And I was like, Have you feng shuied this? And he's like, No, 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 no. He did. So he had also been into feng shui in his 20s and had done some of the things. So we both had this like underlying interest in feng shui and that kind of brought us together. And all of a sudden, people started asking me, how did you meet Ken? And I was like, ah, and I met him, like I did this and I did this. And obviously that was kind of the start of people questioning me about this process But it all started getting a bit more crazier because at that time I had my own holistic practice. Like I wasn't looking for like a new career. I was very happy. I did sound healing. I trained people in sound healing and I did one-to-one therapy with clients clearing their inner beliefs and blocks. Now I have always, when the teacher's ready, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. And some feng shui masters came to Ireland and I was like on it. I was at their workshops. I was learning more. I was like, oh my God, I love this. Just drinking it up for my own personal like fascination. But I would be with my clients, like doing my kinesiology or my body talk and, and going, what, there's something coming up about your bedroom. Well, how long have you lived in your house? What's happening here? And they looked at me like I had 10 heads. They're like, what are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about this trauma when I was eight. And I'm like, well, yeah, but there's something going on with your house. And that's where it really like sank in with me. I was like, we're doing all this amazing inner work with these clients. They were flying it, like going out the door. Yes, they would walk into a house that was like bad for people or bad for money or was like full of clutter and it was like blocking them. So that's how this all kind of combined for me, because then my clients started my my one-to-one clients started becoming my feng shui clients. And it was just rolled from that point. I I just did feng shui on the side in Ireland for my own clients. But we discovered that I quickly said I moved to India and scooted off over that for a bit. But I really wanted to have a business that I could travel and live in different countries and travel more and have freedom And of course, I built. I ended up building a business where everyone came to me in person. I went to people's houses. I sold in, sold like bowl, singing bowls. Everything was like a kind of bricks and mortar business. And it wasn't. I was like, this something needs to change. I want to travel. I want to do stuff online. So myself and Ken got married, and then we were talking about our honeymoon. And we're like, let's go to India. Let's go to Bali. Let's go. So we headed off to Bali. I quit my practice. I quit everything. I'm like. I'm going to do something online. And I had no idea what it was going to be like, no idea. I never even thought that we would be end up having like hundreds of people doing feng shui with us every year, like transforming their lives, like no idea at all. But that's how it unfolded when we got to Bali. So why? Okay, two things. What
0: made you go to India in the first place? And what made you move to Bali? so
1: my mom actually fired me um (laughs) so I basically I had run this business with my dad and my mom was in the sidelines for a while for many years and they went to visit my sister who lives in Australia and I was then like looking after everything and it was very stressful I was like that's when I first started I was 23 with 34 staff or something like it was nuts and that kept going full steam ahead for seven years so mom and dad headed to australia they came back and everyone was saying to mom like oh my god you must be so sad just nicola's over in australia you must be so lonely without her like blah, blah blah and mom was like no she's so happy and as a mom karen you're just like you just want your hmm. children to be happy and mom's like no she's so happy why would i be sad it's great she's so happy obviously it's ha- sad that she's far away but i'm happy she's happy And Mm. she literally, as she was having that exact conversation, she looked up because we had a bar and restaurant and off license. She looked up and she in the restaurant, she looked up and she saw me and our eyes crossed. And like the penny dropped for her. And she was like, my daughter in Australia is so happy, but my daughter standing in front of me is literally dying on the inside. Like this business is killing her. So a, a day or two later we were upstairs and she says, I think you need to leave. I think you need to leave Lowen's. And I was like, yes and no I swear to god popped out of my mouth I'm going to India to become a yoga teacher I had (laughs) honestly never considered this (laughs) it was like not a a planned out plotted path and just for in context of like my yoga experience was one class of yoga every Wednesday a week (laughs) and I'd been on a one-week retreat let's just say I was no yogi or like passionate yogini to head to India but it's what popped out and it's what I did and I just went with it and that's how I ended up in India because basically my mouth said it. <laughs> Your brain had nothing my, to do with it. My brain had nothing to do it, with it and <laughs> I went I actually intend, went to India for a month and ended up there for nearly a year and a half or for so long and I had this huge like spiritual awakening and the most powerful just stepping into a flow of the unknown because I never knew what was going to happen the next day. I never knew where I was going and weird things popped out of my mouth at different times. I'm going to Nepal to be, to, I'm going to Nepal and everyone was like, I thought you are going to travel in the world. And I'm like, no, I'm going to Nepal now. And it was literally these little things that kind of kept happening. And I ended up going to Nepal training in sound healing. Sending fruit bowls back to my mom because my mom was like, "What are you going to do these fruit bowls? And I'm like, no, they're for sound healing. <laughs> That's how um, India came. I think that was that the first question. And this, I can't remember the second one. How old were you then? So I was 28. Yeah, it was just around 28, 29. Yeah.
0: And the other thing that I didn't say at the beginning is you, in your Facebook profile, you actually have a middle name, Parashakti.
1: Where does it come from? So, Parashakti comes from when I was in the ashram in India, and it's so funny because when I put it on my name, loads of people message going, "I message my mom going, has Patricia got married to an Indian? Oh my god!" <laughs> 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 I didn't marry an Indian. No, um, but. Uh, <laughs> So Parashakti was the name given by the guru at the ashram to me. And I honestly feel like I put that name on my profile all those years ago. And I feel like it's what's been the guiding light in my journey because para means all and Shakti means divine feminine power. And I think despite teaching Feng Shui For me, feng shui is disguised as empowering women to step into their true lives and allow their homes to support them, create the vision for what they want. So that's really how it's all unfolded. Like I just really have ended up helping women get into their own energy and step into their power. But um, it was funny because when I got that name and he gave me the, the definition, oh, divine, feminine, wisdom, knowledge, and action, power, I was a bit like intimidated to say the least. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and when my friend got Zita, lover of Krishna or something like that, <laughs> and I was like, she's like, I'm the lover of Krishna and you are a Shakti. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's how
0: I got that name because so, I was gonna you you said earlier on that most of your clients are women do you yeah. think this and I was gonna say why are most of your clients women but <laughs> it's kind of it, is that's coming together to me now you know because you got yeah. that name and is it yeah. is it
1: because of all this what are your thoughts? I think it is because of this I do feel like it's very connected to that and you know it's weird like I think Feng Shui just doesn't really appeal to men. It's almost like we have had a couple of guys in our program, but what is so fun is how the guys become the biggest fans of Feng Shui. I had a voicemail last week from a girl who was, she just was like, I don't know, I wake up to these things. Trish, I just want to message you to say thank you for changing my entire life and transforming it. I'm so grateful. I'm eternally grateful. I was scared about getting the mortgage when I bought this house. All got sorted. I put in my remedies. My my new partner just turned up in my life he's just got a brand new job. I've just been offered a job. We're got engaged. I'm expecting a baby. I was just like, oh my God. I hadn't heard the girl from the girl in months. And this is, wow, amazing, amazing, amazing. And then she says, which is the icing on the top of the cake for me, she's just, and my partner is so passionate about the feng shui and he's making sure that everything is looked after. And he's just totally on it because he's benefited so much. He can feel it. And that's where it is because he was very stuck in his old job. And now he's getting this new job and he's been released from his old one and all. All this good stuff and I was like that's it it's like the ripple effect again the partner is is on it then when they feel the benefits so why do you think it appeals to women more I, I don't know maybe it's that nurturing part of us it's that nurturer part of us that we um that like that women are have been traditionally like the ho- the house the nurturers the carers looking after the home and also feng shui is energy work like women are so much more intuitive <laughs> you know I, I was actually going to say that
0: and I thought you know mm. <laughs> yeah for the most part absolutely we're much more in tune with our with energy than most guys are which is a vast generalization but you know
1: um, and you know what? Yeah, I feel like men are get getting better at it, but we're just yeah. naturally, we're just naturally tuned in and more mm-hmm. tapped in. Yeah, I think so.
0: Let's go back to what you were saying earlier. When
1: you moved, why did you move to Bali? That was the second question. Oh, why yeah. Why did you move to Bali? We went to India because we both had been to India individually and we'd never been there together. So we're like, let's go to India. We both love it. Let's do that. Exciting. And we got to India and we really, it just was not a good fit for both of us there together. Things didn't flow easily. But what did happen was we met this French guy and every day he would be like Bali, Ubud, Bali, Bali, Bali. He just basically <laughs> kept talking about it and I had a friend who lives in the Gili Islands and he was actually the person who told me about the ashram in India that I ended up going to. He was my first yoga teacher so I, I feel like he has always dropped the little like nuggets for me to end up like going there. He was living in Gili T at the time which is a beautiful island just off, off Bali. He said come visit, come visit on your honeymoon. So we're like okay. I was like well that's perfect I'm gonna come. So we went to visit him and before that he messaged me and he's like, You are gonna need at least a month in Ubud, Patricia. You're gonna need at least a month. And I was like, Okay, four armed, four, warned, four armed. We arrived in Bali. Both Ken and I were in the car because we'd had a weird it, India was just weird for us both. It was maybe it was just Goa. I have no idea. But we both landed and I was in the car on one side of the taxi looking out going. <laughs> feels really good this feels really good and ken was saying the exact same thing to himself and we we're both like afraid kind of to jinx it because this is, this is really nice and we found a lovely accommodation we found a house the next day and i'm irish having a swimming pool means you have made it literally you've made it so we <laughs> we went to this house and had this amazing swimming pool jungle view and this lovely guy showed us it and i was like yeah want to take it yeah, I want to take it. And both Ken and I were both, yeah, we want it. And the guy goes, minimum six months. And we both just said simultaneously without even talking to each other. Yes. Okay. (laughs) That was it. So that's how we ended up here. And that was over four years ago. So you're still in our boat. Are you still in that same house? no we have tried lots of houses here also our vision is to build our own feng shui home here and that's been also a really interesting journey living in different houses and feng shuiing them learning from them the environment what we like what we don't like so we're not in the same house and we've tried several different ones here you spent most of last year
0: traveling into into (laughs) the us and back to ireland
1: I love I had this huge calling to New York the last few years and we would love to be closer to Ireland if possible Uh, so that is one of the places that we would consider having a place or kind of not necessarily really to but being for a part of the year so we went there to try it out like I think that also one of the big things for for me is creating and designing the life that we want even if it sounds weird to everybody else we love skiing so at the start of last year we spent in Slovenia. We spent two to three months there and we went skiing. We absolutely loved it. So we did. So we were there and then we went to New York and then where i was back in bali cuz i ran a retreat here so and then we were like let's go to new york and suss it out and figure out if this is a place that we'd really love to be and we did go to new york and we were like oh, we'll never live in manhattan we did live we lived right in the middle of soho it's like experiencing things that you'd like never get a chance to do but i had a friend who doesn't who live who goes to europe for the summer she's a gorgeous apartment in soho i met her on an airplane flying from like new york to texas like a couple of years ago And it was this perfect timing. I messaged her. I said, oh, I'm coming to New York for the summer. She's like, oh, my place is available. (laughs) Okay, let's take it. That's how we ended up there. And then we ended back in Ireland and redecorated our own house, refurbed it and have that up on Airbnb. So it's going to give us this flexibility that we want to go to Ireland. We can be in our lovely house there rather than having it out long term. We're figuring out the places that we'd like to spend more time, time in as opposed to just Bali. That was actually where I was going with that question about
0: spending last year in the States and and Ireland because you live your life like, I want to do this and so this is what I'm going to try. And so it's not just that you've moved to Bali and you've stayed in Bali, it's that you've moved to Bali and you're experiencing that, but there's heaps of other things you want to do as well. And that's something that I really admire because I, I hate the term oh this is my forever home because that's just not something I can do I hate it for me I get that lots of other people want to do it but I'm like oh no I want
1: to experience (laughs) things (laughs) I know exactly and the weird thing about us is that we love traveling but also what I've what we've learned and I think this is the other part you have to go experience it to learn it I did think oh my god I would love to live in Manhattan smack bang in the middle of Manhattan and we did and I was like never again never again I want to be out in Long Island where there's a beautiful beach where I can have loads of nature and I can get on a train one hour and be in Manhattan and have that there like that and it was so interesting because if I hadn't done it I wouldn't have known and the same goes for us being in Greece we were in Greece we were like oh my god we love it here Slovenia we lived there for three months and I was like never again my Husband would move there tomorrow. He loved it so much. We ended up going back there again. Yeah, it was so fun because he's just like, "I love it. Let, let's go back." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> for a weekend, okay." But you know, that's the thing: is trying it, testing it, and then creating it for what you want. Because ultimately, having a home in each place would be our ideal place, ideal scenario, because of the um, coming and going. It was very ungrounding for us and for our business last year. And we just learned a lot about ourselves in Mm. that changing and in that transitioning from different apartments in Manhattan, we lived in an apartment. I don't know. It was definitely a a multi-million dollar apartment, but it was a studio. Like it had a Murphy bed. It was beautifully, exquisitely designed and I was downstairs uh, to Carl Lagerfield and who else was on our street? It was all these famous designer stores like Chanel around the corner and I'm like, this is amazing. I thought that this is exactly what I would love, but it's not at all. You've gone from living in Ireland,
0: you had a brief stint in India with Ken and then went, nah, this isn't it. Went to Bali and went, okay, this is where we put down our roots, but without a permanence to it almost Mm. it's kind of like you feel safe enough energetically to go all right
1: this is the base and then we'll go there and come back and then we'll go there and come back
0: is that how it is and how does feng shui
1: help this is so interesting because we definitely learned a lot from that, and that was really one of the main reasons why we created like our base in Ireland and have that all feng shui. So we know when we walk in there, we're going to be supported. And yes, and here in Bali, we have sourced some land and we've plans for a new house to build, and that would be our base. Because that sense of ungrounded and moving to different places and different energies is exhausting. But the feng shui mm. really does help because it's almost like you get this kind of, your house gives you a hug <laughs> and that it's supportive. Whereas in some houses, if you're just there temporarily, you know, if we were in apartments for a month or two, I still feng shui them. But it takes time for the energy to settle and stay and be more constant. So it would have be it was kind of, it was just interesting for us to feel those different dynamics and ultimately it'll be to have a proper base here that will just be like, oh, we know where we're going, my clothes will be hanging in the wardrobe, that's the plan. <laughs> so you've managed
0: to set up a really successful business online, haven't you?
1: Yes, <laughs> which is amazing and uh, it blows my mind every day when I think of it because we got honestly came to Bali and I was like okay I'm gonna do so I've done some kind of online stuff before people had been asking me about how I met Ken and I had like a kind of like a soulmate program but ultimately for me it's, it starts at home get your house sorted and then if there is still things not flowing then you need to look at something on the interior for yourself there's something going on that you're blocking it yourself so when I started with the feng shui we just did a big beginners course. We had six people join it. It was just the most exciting thing. But what I figured from this basic beginners program was they needed more. So the houses are either good for people or bad for people, good for money or bad for people, but I need more information. So I we ended up doing it quite manually. People would email me their floor plans, email me their photos. We would look at their houses on Google Maps and figure it all out and then create their personal report and drip feed it. Now, one of the things that kind of I don't know not, that I ended up why I didn't do as much feng shui in Ireland as I had would have liked, I suppose, or it just didn't unfold that way, was because clients would hire me. I would go to their house. I'd be like, "This is what you have to do." Da da da, da and they would do a few things. You know, they would like do this and this and they wouldn't get the amazing results that I've talked about earlier because to get results, you have to implement. I don't know what it was because I would give them so much information in one go. It was just the essence and the nature of doing consultations that way. And when we started doing it online, it was phenomenal because we had this community of other people doing it. Someone's left on their own with their report. What do I do? How do I put it in? So they have this support that everyone was doing it together. We had group calls, implementing it, and that's how we still do it. And there's just, you've got these cheerleaders supporting you and people who have done it ahead of you. People are at the same place. People who are behind and we all kind of keep going. And that's where it just built so much momentum because the more implementation people did, the better results they got, the easier it was for me to promote feng shui because I was like, oh my God, this happened and then this happened and... (laughs) This person's having a baby. This person's just landed 10 new clients. Like this person, those women became like the biggest cheerleaders for it as well. So that's how it unfolded. It took on a life of its own. That's really fascinating because you did it so quickly as well. I'm very impatient person. So it doesn't feel like (laughs) that. (laughs) <laughs> it's like I want to be 10 million steps ahead and my husband Ken it's just like oh my god slow down Patricia. in the last few years we've built that business I've written a book I've been on tv I've started a podcast like all the things I just wanted it all done like last year <laughs> it was not quick enough <laughs> so I'm learning the patience thing slowly but surely but yeah a lot has happened in this time and the momentum has been phenomenal and yeah it really has its own kind of life now because built special software, like we really dived into like how can we make this the easiest way to do it? I think that's one of the things that people are a bit scared that I'm gonna tell them to move house or knock their walls or do something like crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We'll just use what you've got. We're gonna bring some elements in like fire or metal, earth, you know, exactly what an acupuncturist would use and get the energy running fluidly around your house. And let's bring in all the good stuff. Tell me more about the software that you've got, what does that do? So we used to do everything manually and people would email everything in. So now we built this questionnaire so people submit all their information and it's just really easy for us to do the analysis of people's homes. When I go to someone's like house just to visit, They think I'm going to be able to like feng shui it without doing it. I'm like, no, I need to know when it was built. I need to know the floor plans. Just from me standing here physically, I can look at some aesthetic things just as an interior from an aesthetic like, oh, that you'd be better putting this here or that, you know, these tweaks. For example, I went to a friend's house in New York. We visited her apartment and she specifically said, oh, my God, I put his desk here because it's good feng shui. And because she said that, I would never give advice unless I'm invited. But I felt like I was like, I was like, would you like a little piece of advice just on that positioning of the desk? And she was like, Yes. And I was like, well, just move it this way with his back like this and sit like this. And she was like, Okay. And like the next day she she messaged me, that was on a weekend. And she messaged me the following week and she's like, Oh my God, we've just had our biggest week of sales ever since we moved the desk. I was like yeah. Yes, I could see that because it, it was like pushing <laughs> things away the way it was situation. I was like, you're pushing things away. Move it so you can call things in. But I don't know what i was saying. Yeah. So that's where the software ended up coming because we need all this information. We need some information from our clients before we can give the um, give the recommendations that are exact for them. So it's not okay. like- like a cookie cutter approach for every, every not every house is completely unique which is also some things that people don't know about feng shui is your house is completely unique it doesn't matter you can read the same about a book in that area but it may not be there it's the shape of your house all this does so many contributing factors to it so the software we built just basically helps us bring all of that information together to do our analysis a lot quicker and more efficiently for our clients
0: the different energies the house has and you've got to go away and work it
1: out Do people's own
0: personalities come into it? Because some people like a house and some people won't. How does that
1: work? Oh, that's a great question. So we have our own personal feng shui as well, based on our year of birth. And not that a house you won't like it but for example if there was a if the shape of the house was a specific shape it could be missing like the eldest daughter area could be missing which would then make it very difficult for the eldest daughter to really flourish in that house so we we will work on like giving remedies of how to balance that and all of that that could be one factor and the other will be your own personal energy so you could be a for example, if you had a fire element house and you were wood element, it may deplete you. You may feel more depleted than someone else in the house. But at the same time, I, we, don't, it's, we don't really go too much into that because once the energies are harmonized, it's going to be pretty supportive ultimately. There's just was, many layers. I, I,
0: I... i could go down the path of eldest daughter place and eldest son and i'm Mm. just not going to because we'll be here for the next
1: i know that's why i have an (laughs) eight-week program because there's so much information (laughs) well that
0: was where i was going to go next because i know in the groups that you've got on facebook you're really really active in there and you give out so much information so if people want to find out more i mean obviously i'll put up links on the web page and everything but You do have Facebook groups and where is the best place to find you and what do you offer? What's your starting point and where do you go from there?
1: Yeah. So the starting point is to come to patricialowen.com. And that's where I have loads of video tips um, about feng shui to get started, my book, and also my free group, access to that, where I have a free group where I give tips and insights and share different things. And I also have a class that you can get started with where to get started with feng shui on my website. So that's kind of the best place to get started. Just go there. And once you get there, you'll get access to my weekly podcast. Every Friday, I release a podcast about feng shui. So um, I interview guests each week, but I also do a specific feng shui one for people to get some tips and insights and get their questions answered as well. So come to PatriciaLowen.com, sign up for my class that I have running right now for how to unlock the hidden energy of your home. And then you'll be able to be tapped into all the other exciting things that are going on in my world. And they
0: are exciting. I'm I'm a big fan. I've got to
1: say.
0: thank
1: you. Is there anything else
0: that I've asked you that you'd like to communicate at the moment?
1: No, I am just so grateful for this opportunity. I hope this is a benefit for people. I hope it just gave you a nudge in the right direction to take some action around your house or in your life and know that it's like never too late to start something new. And my motto is like, it all starts at home. Get started there. It's easy. I was just going to say that. I think that point you made
0: right at the start about if you want to make changes in your life this is actually the easiest way to do it and i've never thought of that before start with the small things rather than going oh there's something wrong with me start with the small things and change things in your environment that you're able to change quite easily but which will make a massive difference to you in the way you're feeling about yourself and the energy you get and just giving you more life force. Thank you so much. It's You're been welcome. such good fun as always. And we could ke- definitely carry on talking about another one. I know. Two of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and everyone will be like, shut up,
0: guys. I've got to go. That <laughs> no, it has, it's, it's been such good fun. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage, and Motherhood Podcast don't forget that all the links and information that we've spoken about in this podcast is available on the podcast page of my website. Thanks so much for listening. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next time. Bye for now.